welcome to Pale, the weekly podcast from The Hindu. And I'm KC Vijay Kumar, sports writer of The Hindu and your today's host. In today's Pale, we discuss about conflating patriotism with the men's Indian cricket team. And on the panel, we have two eminent guests. First up is W.V. Raman, former India cricketer and acclaimed coach, who has also authored a book, The Winning Sixer. Our second guest is R. Kaushik, veteran sports writer. He has reported more than 100 tests and multiple World Cups and has also co-authored BVS Lakshman's biography, 281 and beyond. During the course of the current ICC T20 World Cup, the, the reactions on social media was, were pretty extreme, especially after India's loss to Pakistan. Uh, and a few fans were also booked for celebrating Pakistan's triumph. W, how do you look at this? I mean, of course, there is partition history, there is geopolitics. Do you think all this complicates uh, sporting encounters with Pakistan? Now, this is something that's been going on for years, as far as I can remember. Even when I was uh, playing, this kind of uh, animosity, if you can call it, was built up largely by the media. And that's, that's continued and the trend is continued. Uh, the fact is that um, over a period of time, India has always got the better of Pakistan, especially uh, when it comes to the competitions in World Cup. But um, apart from um, the 80s and the 90s, a part of 90s, I think uh, there were fantastic uh, competitions, fantastic matches played between both the nations. There's also a lot of camaraderie between the players of the uh, both countries. And it continues to do so even today. The current generation of cricketers are good friends also. If you see a lot of photographs have come and a lot of uh, things you get to hear from the media. Ironically, from the media that uh, you know the players from both the teams are good friends. So this is a kind of a hype that has been created and it's been sustained over a period of decades. But uh, it's also up to the public you know, to realize as to where they draw a line and where they have to really sort of uh, deal with it as a sporting event rather than, you know, mix it up with other things. Kaush, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think I think W pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, the fact of the matter is that, uh, and the important thing that he spoke about is the camaraderie between the players. Because, yes, you've had tensions between players sometimes on the field. Like, I mean, famously, you can think of Venkatesh Prasad and Ahmed Kohel. Or you can think of Kiran More and Javed Miandad in the World Cup. Those are those are things that happen on the cricket field. I mean, Miandad would do it with anyone. He and Lily almost came to blows. So, and Venki was a fierce competitor. So these things happen on the field of play, but it, they don't come spill over beyond the field of play. Unfortunately, now things are a lot more magnified in the world that we live in because of the social uh, media influx, because of the various platforms on which. People have this great uh, sense of entitlement on their platform and you're emboldened by the anonymity that, you know, being an armchair keyboard warrior gives you that uh, that luxury. So I think all that sort of just combines to escalate the situation more than what it did in the past, I suppose. Okay. Uh, my, my second question is, I mean, when it comes to fandom, say for, I mean, I, I'm sure the three of us would agree with, with, with say with, Vivian Richards or Roger Federer or Lionel Messi or Usain Bolt or maybe Manchester United. It cuts across national identities. But why is it that when it comes to indoor park sport, it is kind of treated as war minus the shooting? I mean, why is it this way? WV? That is how it has always been created. That's how it's always been, in fact, sold. If I can use it, I'll, I'll tell you, there was a charity game in 
1986 or 87. In fact, there was a lot of hype created for an exhibition game, uh, which was primarily played to raise funds for an NGO. And that was touted as a clash between India and Pakistan. It was never ever, you know, brought down to the other, you know, plays that go within the play. When you have a Pakistan-India match going on, you know, the rivalry between a Gavaskar and Imran Khan, uh, let's say a Kadir and a Dilip Vinsakar, or for that matter, a Kapil Dev versus a Zaira Abbas. There was never ever any by-plays, you know, that was uh, given the hype. Like you do when it is a case of um, an international match between other countries and India. So this has always been, in a way, one can always say it has always been a trend or almost a convention that it was more about, you know, um, when India played Pakistan, a lot of other elements were brought into play for the simple reason to create more hype or to ensure that all of them watched this game or whatever. I don't know what the objectives were. Yes, spicing it up is fine, creating that hype is fine, but it's also the responsibility of the media to stop short of making it something more than a sport. Yes, well, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, even the players, sometimes they tell you that it's just another game, but that's, that's a, they say that for public consumption. In private, I'm sure, which with you also, many guys have said it's not just another match, Gabi, you have to beat them. You know, it's, it's, it's nobody knows why it is like that. It's not... It's not like there's a great history of uh, of bad blood between the players per se. There might be between the countries, but there are not between the peoples. If you look at it, I mean, you have gone to Pakistan, I have gone to Pakistan. W has of course gone to Pakistan in a different capacity, but he has not therefore encountered the things that you and I have in terms of interacting with, forget the journalists, interacting with the people on the street. And we know how, how beautifully they have received us, how much respect and love and affection they gave us. And, you know, I... You might have been slightly hard-pressed to understand everything they were saying, given your fantastically expert knowledge of Hindi and Urdu. But yeah, but anyway, you still felt the love and the affection. So we know we, we know what that between peoples there are no problems, between cricketers there are no problems. So look, the important point that W spoke here about the media, and when you have the the host broadcaster of of an of of a competition of a major competition like the World Cup, talking about Mauka Mauka and having all these sort of uh, so-called funny ads, which which are a little bit derogatory to people from both sides, but mainly to the fans of the Pakistan team because of the history between the two nations when it comes to World Cup action, then then you are basically this is a contest that doesn't need any spicing up. To be honest, right? It it, it stands alone on its own. It stands on its own for for the for the various sub subtexts that are attached to every contest. So why do you even feel the need to hype it up? It, it's a beautifully pre-hyped product, if you like, you know. So all we need to do is approach the product with the responsibility that it deserves, approach the occasion with the responsibility it deserves because people on both sides know the potential for mischief and for bad blood and potential for flashpoints that exist. So why would you do anything to just escalate it in any case? I mean, when it's already there, it's at a, you know, a powder keg, tinder keg. So why do you want to just make it even worse? I just don't understand. There have been exceptions in the past, like uh, when the Chennai crowd gave a standing ovation to Pakistan's triumph. Uh, in the this match here, uh, do you think that kind of broad-based fandom is possible? Yeah, to me, Chennai '99 will be a bit of an aberration in today's world. Not necessarily in India-Pakistan cricket. Okay, I'm just saying in terms of sport between cricket between any countries. You see, if Australia comes to India and, the, and there's a glorious boundary hit by an Australian batsman, 
you could hear a pin drop at the ground right nowadays the the the, the mindset of the indian average indian fan has changed i don't think they come anymore to enjoy cricket i think they come to watch their team win which which i think is a very sad sort of reflection of again of the times that we live in where you need instant gratification where everything ultimate uh, success and enjoyment is decided by the outcome so if you have a great contest between bat and ball i don't think that people appreciate it as much as they would the home victory and that is especially applicable to people in india i suspect so i mean we we have seen this you have seen how the crowd indian crowds have changed over the years there was a time when you appreciated good shots from the opponent right there was a time when cricketers in appreciated good shots from the opponents and then now it came to a point where okay you don't expect the cricketers to be the, the same sort of amateurish spirit in which the game was played has gone but even the crowds are so uh, partisan in their support you would expect more support for the home side but you would expect the sport to be supported as well wouldn't you but today we have a situation where you just want your team to win and i don't think I, which shows that the, the landscape of the sporting populace as a whole is changing that you you are interested in the result you are not interested in the sport so maybe you are interested in the cricketer you love the cricketer maybe you don't love cricket so uh, which is inevitable it's not a good thing or a bad thing but it's just a sign of where we stand as, as a society that uh, we want we only want success and nothing but success i think it's a very difficult burden to bear for these guys who ultimately are human beings like you and me so as we saw what um, sporting crowd is all about um, in chennai in 1999 um, and uh, i also had first hand experience of how uh, a common man sees a match between india and pakistan uh, in pakistan when i had gone there in 2002 because um, the cab driver was telling me uh, that you know he was looking forward to seeing india and pakistan play a cricket series he was also very certain that uh, india had a far superior team and they were going to win the series but uh, he said you know maza alag hota hai you know in hindi so which meant that in the people on both sides of the border like that you know the the spice the banter and the emotional highs and lows that go you know along with uh, a cricket match when india and pakistan play uh, but they are also aware of the fact at the end of the day you know it's all about um, enjoying that particular contest and also the elements that are incidental to a cricket match between india and pakistan but beyond that i think it is also the onus is also on the media or at least some sections of the media to make a, a very um, judicious use of uh, the word edit because it's so easy to get carried away and keep it uh, going keep the spin going uh, like for example uh, virat kohli obviously everybody knows is rested but uh, there were uh, some stories that were being done on a couple of television channels saying virat kohli dropped last night after the team was announced for the forthcoming uh, new zealand t20 series so it's all a question of how people want to project and how they influence more than a cricket match influencing a public i think the media can really influence the mood and the emotions of the public okay okay uh, w what are your thoughts on uh, the mohammed shami incident you know when he got trolled online after the match against pakistan there was a reference to his muslim identity I mean, you have coached Bengal with Shami in the ranks. How do you see this episode? I mean, yeah, I immediately put out a tweet saying that I have seen him, you know, give his all for any team that he represents. In fact, his Ranji Trophy debut was um, remarkable in a way that uh, 
after uh, the game started he contracted dengue which was detected after the entire game was over but during the game he bowled uh, his heart out uh, even though he was running a temperature of 102 so that's the kind of uh, attitude that shami has and what started after that game was really unfortunate it's it's so easy for people to you know use the keyboard and type things and say and uh, there is no saying what will really gather momentum these days what happened there as far as the social media is concerned up to the common public they need to also be kind of uh, discreet they should use their powers of discretion to understand as to what needs to be encouraged what should not be encouraged but that was really unfortunate but at the same time it was heartening to see a lot of people you know come in support of shami and um, that was good because that settled a lot of matters and also the public uh, understood or people who are mischievous on the social media understood that up to a point yes fine we can play whatever mischief we want to but beyond a certain level it's not going to be tolerated i think that was a message that people the mischief mongers got okay Kaush, do you think Kohli's statement made a difference? What Kohli came out in public and spoke? Well, obviously, it didn't make a difference. It, a lot of people said it was a week too late. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I mean, that was the first official uh, platform that Kohli had to express his, his opinions on the subject. But I think, like W said, long before Kohli spoke about uh, spoke about uh, the whole issue, and I think I think he spoke beautifully. I think he had some really strong, really harsh, and really correct words to say he his choice use of words was brilliant the way he strung together sentences to address this issue i love the fact that he called the people who were doing all these things spineless i think he did a lot of good whether the timing was right or whether it was appropriate it should have been done done earlier well i'm not the best judge of that but there were so many guys who rallied in support of, of shami in the immediacy of the pakistan match and it's amazing how only when india loses a match okay to pakistan in this instance that you, the the religious identity of the person in question comes into play. Nobody said Shami was a Muslim when he got nine wickets on debut against West Indies and won the Test match for India in 2013, right? It, it's 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 amazing how it, it's a very convenient stick to beat people with when things are not going your way. Uh, again, I don't know whether these are motivated people. I don't know whether these are people who genuinely feel that way. If they are people who genuinely feel that way, then obviously they're not cricket lovers. If they are motivated, then I don't think we should even be wasting time on those people, because there is, if there is an agenda to what they are doing, then clearly there is an agenda. What do you and I, you and I do? The important thing is to realize is that Shami is playing for the Indian cricket team, and he is not the only guy who is playing the Indian cricket team. He was one of eleven people who played and lost to Pakistan. So, if you want to criticize somebody for their performance on on the basis of their performance, fine. I mean, Rohit Sharma got our first ball he faced. If you want to criticize him for that, by all means. But, but beyond that, to ascribe motives or to use somebody's identity, the, a religious identity or a caste identity to cast aspersions on their uh, character integrity, I think is really sick. Dhabiman Kaush, I mean, uh, the Indian diaspora beat in England and Australia, to name a few. I mean, they root for the Indian team whenever it was there. You know, even though there may be people, I mean, as they may be citizens of those respective countries. So how do you see this complexity? I mean, they are there, they're citizens of those countries, they, they back the Indian team. Uh, and then... There seems to be a different yardstick for people here in India. Uh, how do you see that? See, as far as I see it, it is it is definitely something you know that uh, people do without realizing the way they express. By that I mean the way they express their disappointment. 
you know the, that is the that is the thing with uh, the fans of uh, uh, indian cricket and the indian fans of cricket they want team india to win any and every game that they play but that is impossible in sport in any sport whether it's an individual sport or a team sport yes you would strive for excellence you would try to come try to come on top of the opponent every time but it may not happen but it is also uh, important that uh, you know the fans realize that they need to show their disappointment in a, in a less uh, subdued manner in a subdued manner and they should not try and bring in other elements when they want to sort of show their disappointment or when they want to criticize somebody's uh, poor day on the field there are ways to do this there are ways to show your disappointment there are words that you can use there are words that you can't use even in criticism even in showing disappointment especially when you're showing disappointment with such deep rooted emotions you can't get it wrong so even we coaches or we players we don't talk about the game immediately after it gets over in the aftermath of a defeat or in the aftermath of even a victory because uh, immediately in the wake of a game you may say things that you may not want to say so that's the reason even i would rather appeal to the fans also to you know take some time and then you know start expressing their disappointment i am sure you know it's not that they deliberately want to hurt their heroes it is just you know when they you know immediately as they see a match you know pan out and they see their favorite team and their heroes you know not winning the game which they expect that they will then you know immediately when they start reacting that's the problem that's where if they end up saying which they don't want to say i'm sure even uh, the following morning if they look back on the you know sort of words they used or look back at the way they sort of express the disappointment uh, it won't make them feel uh, proud i'm sure about that it's not that they genuinely want to do this it just comes out like that certain times you know you end up conveying something else when you want to say uh, a totally different thing altogether kaush how do you see this yeah well uh, you remember the 2013 champions trophy final when we were playing in, when india was playing england and birmingham and, and and the english team came and said that they thought they were playing the away game that they were the away side and india was the home side you're playing a, a t20 it became a t20 game it was a 50 over final but it became a t20 game and and you had you had obviously you had more indians at the ground and you obviously had more a louder uh, segment of the public that was watching the match was the indian section and i can i can not even start to imagine what the english players must have been go- going through i mean you are playing in your country it's your backyard and you you come to india and you get the same thing and then here you are playing in england and 80% of the crowd is rooting for the opposition and 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 that is something that we take great pride in we as indians in the cricketing fraternity we think oh look at this we have people everywhere and the indian team is the most loved team wherever it goes in the world you go to adelaide and you know there is overwhelming support for india you go to durban and it's almost like a home game you go to trinidad in port of spain and you, that's like you're playing in india so anyway you go to auckland and you have uh, only about 250000 indians in auckland but you still have I been mean, almost everyone seems to be at eden park when they when, when we're playing a test match and we are very happy with those all those things and we love the support as the indian cricket team uh, you love the support that you get from those people so just to extrapolate on that and so what if three people in india support a visiting team okay and these are these people that you spoke about that we spoke about in 
supporting India. These are second and third generation Australians or Englishmen or South Africans and they are still supporting the Indian team. So why is it so difficult for us to understand? And you, you have thousands of people supporting you when you go abroad. Why can't two, three people here support some other team when they play against India? Isn't it, isn't it like a little bizarre that you want it to happen to you and it happens to you in the thousands, but it happens two or three against you and you suddenly feel that that is uh, a blow to our patriotism? I mean, come on. Uh, like sport like art is supposed to cut across boundaries. I mean, do you think that benchmark is getting diluted? Is it possible to be patriotic and, and be accepted for supporting another team? Is it possible I mean, in, in these times, WV? It is definitely possible as long as we know how to compartmentalize different spheres. Because, you know, when you go and watch a game or a sport, you say, yes, I'm going to watch the spectacle. I'm going to watch good cricket or good uh, game of tennis or, you know, let's say a good round of golf being played. If I stick to that, if that is my objective, then I'll go have a good time. I'll come back. Yes, I would be disappointed if my favorite players don't have a good day. Yes, I'll be disappointed. I would again go back the following time, following day or the following occasion that they take part in whatever sport that I'm watching. My heroes, I'll go back and watch them in the hope that they'll do well. And that will be a source of acceleration for me. So that is why I repeatedly go back. And that's why even the sportsmen play, continue to play sport even if they have bad days. So it's, it's, it's something that gives you that hope, that gives, makes you go back to that sport as a spectator or as, as a player or an athlete. It's all about the hope that you would do better because ups and downs in sport is definitely something that everybody goes through. Yes, if it is looked at as a sport and as a sheer source of enjoyment, yes, the onus is on every individual to sort of subdue the level of disappointment they feel and it's also up to the individual to express their disappointment in such a way that they don't end up insulting the athlete in any which way possible see for example in the years gone by or the decades gone by the uh, the authorities or the administrators didn't have any kind of notices on the grounds like anti-racial policy or anti-this policy, anti-that policy. It's only of made that is coming for the simple reason you you come across uh, people losing sight of the fact that, you know, the, it's very easy to cross the thin line of you know, having a go at somebody for having a bad day and being extremely, you know, offensive. That's the reason across the world, I'm not saying it's restricted to any one particular country. We see a lot of unwanted incidents happening in the wake of a sporting event that is why you know administrators across the world in almost every sport these days you know go on to put up notices it's come to that stage which means the public is failing to use its powers of discretion you know in expressing their disappointment and in the way they kind of um, say things uh, which are directed at the athletes that they go to see and have a good time. That's the irony of it. Okay. Okay. Tosh, how do you see this? Yeah, I think W put it beautifully. I think at the end of the day, you, we are human beings, so we will support one team more than the other or we will support a player more than the other when, when the competition is on. But And you want those people to win. You want the people that you back to win. That is one of the reasons why we go and watch it because we sort of vicariously live our 
pleasures and our happiness through them. But at the end of the day, if you are a lover of sport, whatever the sport might be, whether it's cricket in our case or whether it's football in our case, whatever, whatever the sport might be. And yes, you will, as a, you are a human being, so you will want somebody to win more than the other person. But if you love the sport, then you will be able to draw the balance or strike the balance between disappointment at your, at your uh, hero losing and delight at a, a fantastic contest of great sporting excellence. Now, once, once we understand that <clears throat> the sport is bigger than the individuals that play it, right? I mean, I'm not trying to lecture here or I'm not trying to harangue here or I, whatever. I mean, I, I have my favorites. I, I, I watch Nadal play tennis against anybody and I want Nadal to win. But, but I don't hate Djokovic or I don't, not that it matters to them, but I'm just saying I don't hate Djokovic, I don't hate Federer. Uh, so at the end of the day, I love tennis. And I'm a big Nadal fan. Would I want Nadal to win when I'm watching him play? Of course. But would I abuse him if he loses? I wouldn't. Would I abuse Federer if he beats Nadal? I wouldn't. Because, I mean, we should, we should, we must be thankful that we have so many fabulous performers across so many different disciplines that we are privileged to watch in this generation of ours that, you know, across disciplines, across sports, you look at cricket and look at the area of riches, you look at tennis and the names that we spoke about, you look at football and you have Ronaldo, Messi, and then all these other guys, Neymar and stuff coming up. We saw Tyson, we saw Boris Becker, we saw Michael Schumacher, Ayrton Senna, whatever. And just look at what all you are privileged to have watched all these years. And if you cannot appreciate these geniuses and if you cannot appreciate sport for these geniuses, then I don't think we can call ourselves sports lovers, basically. Adding to that, uh, Casey, the... Highs and lows that are created in sport is due to the human element because humans play the sport. But the fans who transgress the limits cannot take shelter under the fact this kind of inability to control our disappointment and express it, you know, without being offensive also is human element is something that they can't take shelter under. <laughs> yeah. So thanks a ton, gentlemen. Wonderful talking to two of you. With a engrossing conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you.